Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast, and I would like to welcome you back to this week's episode of the podcast, where we will continue with the interview of William G. Krejci, already in progress. So with no more delay, grab a cold beverage and a snack while we steer you back into this amazing interview. Enjoy. 100 years ago. The story of the haunting, they didn't make it public back then because they knew what happened when stories like that went public. Um, You would be in the paper, and if they would mention what house it was, then you would have everybody coming to the door, ringing on the bell, knocking, asking a million questions. You can't go to the market without people giving you funny looks. Now, today, it's, it's 100 years later, so it's a little bit different. But you got you got the daylight ripped out of you. Um, and I mean, we still get people, you know, ringing the bell. Oh, by the way, uh, all your listeners, please don't don't come up and ring the the doorbell. Can okay? I just pisses us off? I had I had a group of kids do that tonight. They say kids. Oh my god, I, they're probably in their twenties, and they're ringing the bell, ringing it, ringing it. And I'm like, I finally come downstairs. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> is this Franklin Castle? And I'm like, dude, it says it in the fucking window. I'm sorry, I just yeah, don't yeah. Do that. Like, it says it in the bleeding the window right there. I'm sorry, you probably get. I don't know if you get kids listening or not. I don't. Know. Um, sorry, That's yeah, okay. Right? Kids, like, yeah, kids, our kids these days know know all the words. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. yeah. It's, I, I just I keep my nieces and nephews in the back of my head. I'm like, oh wait, they might listen to this. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they're ringing the bell. I'm like, yeah, it says Franklin Castle in the window. They're like. So can we come in and get a tour? I'm like, dude, it's a private residence. I'm like, no, no. We like, oh, I'm like, yeah, when's they not gonna door of the house across the street? Ask them for a tour at ten thirty at night. Ah, I'm that's like, great. That's uh, great. or I'm like, or St. Herman's, or 
Oh, I'm like, there. And they're like, is it really haunted? And I'm like, ah, oh, piss off. I was watching Stranger Things. Yeah, I'm like the last person on earth that hasn't seen it. So I'm like, oh, all right. That's Trump time until you called. So, yeah, yeah, folks, don't, yeah, please don't ring the doorbell. It's, it's just, if we're out there and you happen to see us and we're not in a hurry, sure, we're more than happy to answer your questions, but. Yeah, don't, so, don't ring the doorbell at 10.30 at night. Uh, so kind of, um, so for our listeners that don't really know, you actually live in part of the castle. Right? Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not the only one, though, of course. But yeah, um, yeah, I do, yeah. In fact, I'm there right now, and it's interesting, because uh, while we were on the phone about 15 minutes ago, I heard a gunshot outside. We're at firework oh, and now there's police activity. They're standing in the road with flashlights, looking all oh. over the place. So, yeah, it, it might have been a firework. I don't know. It's, 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 I spent the next few minutes sitting on the floor. <laughs> like, not like, you know, we've never, we, I've never been shot at. No, it's, it's not a bad neighborhood. It's actually a pretty nice neighborhood. So I think, <laughs> I think it was probably someone's blown off a firework out there. No, it wasn't was. you taking a shot at those kids, was it? Somebody posted a, a picture or, or like a whole story on some website or something and it got shared to Facebook and, about like the Franklin Castle, it's abandoned, would you go inside and would you spend the night, would you break in? And everyone said, oh, I'll break into that and break into that. Finally, I sent a thing, I'm like, yeah, uh, don't break in. I'm like, it's not abandoned. People live here. But we're not here. We've got a security system. Guess what? It's armed. And when we are here, we're armed. Don't oh come in. Yeah, they would have trouble. We've got bars over the windows on the first floor anyway. So it's like, yeah, don't come, don't try and get in either. Yeah, because you, yeah, you take a shot. So, yeah. So, 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 um, so let's, uh, so let's mm-hmm. just ask you then, since you, since you've wrote, written about the book, you've written about some, some, you know, the place being haunted. Since you mm-hmm. live there, fill us in. Give us an insider's view of what it's like to yep. live in the castle and what, if anything, actually does happen there. Okay. What's it like to live here? It's cool as all hell. It's really, I'm not going to lie to you. It's pretty damn cool. <laughs> I wanted to live here since I was a little kid. So this is like a, this is like a dream come true. Um, when I was uh, when I was invited to take up residency as a historian, it's like my jaw just about hit the ground like it did when I was five years old. I'm like, wow, that's like a dream come true. It's just something I've always wanted to do. Um, that's really cool. Um, so you're you're asking as far as paranormal activity goes. Uh, yes, I have seen and heard a lot of things in this house. Um, not the only one though, and, and you know what's interesting? It falls well in line. Uh, with what a lot of other people have previously uh, reported as uh, being here. Something, I I don't like to use the word disturbance. Uh, I like to use the word event. It's a good one, or just general activity. Um, Because disturbance might signify that I'm actually disturbed by it, but it's very rarely is that the case. Uh, I've had every manner of event from... Uh, lights, uh, not just flickering, like, well, I had, had a lamp over here by my, uh, by my desk, and that, that did flicker a few times earlier tonight, a little after 8 o'clock, and then about a half an hour later. Uh, but I've had, like, a chandelier in my kitchen one time. All the lights strobed. Uh, there are seven bulbs, because one of them, one of the fixtures isn't working, um, and all of them strobed for about four or five seconds. 
Also, down by the stair, by down by the bottom of the stairs, by the side door, there's a light fixture there, and it's a new one, and that has also strobed on two separate occasions, uh, about a year apart from uh, from between events. One of them, though, was um, there was one group of people that we we don't do this. It's not a it's not a regular thing. We don't. It's not open for tours. It's not open for public paranormal investigations. We did have a private group come in though to do a investigation and I was coming down the stairs and I thought that it was some piece of equipment that they had and because I just saw the lights just strobe down there and they're like no that's your light and I'm like what and it was it was a light right over the side door uh strobed and then it wouldn't work uh for the rest of the night and I turned off the switch when they quote unquote wanted to have the lights out and go dark or whatever they say and then when I turned it on it came back on no problem we still changed up the fixture and a year later it did it again with a different fixture there so um, I've had doors open and slam, um, which is unique. Uh, heard whistling from the room below my living room. Uh, I've heard, uh, talking coming from different parts of the house. Um, uh, most recently right next to my head when I had, uh, kind of dozed off on the couch and I've had, um, let's see, let me think. Someone running up and down the stairs. That was a little less than a year ago. Uh, they ran up the stairs, woke me up, and I'm sitting there and I'm like awake. And then I hear running back because I thought it was the carpenters. Uh, we have, there's an Amish team of uh, carpenters who come over and work on the house, uh, father and son. And I thought that his uh, son was running up the stairs, and I was a little, little miffed. And I'm like, oh, he knows I'm sleeping. What is he doing? And then I hear boom, 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 running back down. But it's like a little kid giggling. And by this point, I'm up for a couple of minutes. I'm like, oh, what is it? Bring your family to work day? So I go to ask uh, um, Mr. Detweiler. Uh, I was going to say, hey, can you, can you ask the kids just to keep it down? I'm still sleeping. And I get out into the hallway, and the light comes on because it's on a motion sensor. Um, it turns on, and I kind of like look around, and I look down the stairwell. And the rest of the house is dark. I'd stick my head back in my living room, turn on my lights, and my clock above my TV, um, it's a little mantle clock up there. It's about a quarter after 4, 20 after 4 in the morning. And I'm like, these guys aren't here for another three hours. I'm the only person in the house. So I turned on the TV and was awake for about another hour until I could start getting drowsy again. Um, <laughs> so uh, I did have a couple of events where things have been thrown around. Um, downstairs uh, on the first lowest level uh, a couple things did get tossed around one night that was a little unsettling and uh, about a year later there was a big lag screw thrown down the stairs and, you know being the only one here at the time it's, those are the only times I've actually had anything kind of unsettling happen but otherwise you know um, when something does happen like hearing something or someone walking across the floor upstairs and you know you're the only one here and you check it out and there's nobody else here. Um, it's not, uh, it's not like go hide your head under your blankets and you know, anything like that. I mean, that's not going to probably help you anyway. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's more like, I just kind of like look at it like when, when the door slams downstairs and I go and check and there's no one here and I'm the only one and there's nothing open. There's no windows and obvious, uh, it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I, I started keeping a, keeping a journal of, 
uh, unexplained activity in the house, unexplained inexplicable events. It's uh, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Beetlejuice, uh, you'll remember the handbook oh, yeah. for the recently deceased. Yes. They started printing it again as a paperback. As you a, mean the uh, recently? Isn't it the recently diseased? Diseased. Yeah, oh, that's it. Deceased. Deceased. <laughs> yeah, they deceased. re-released it a few years ago as a, as a paperback book, and it's just a notebook. So I've been using it ironically as a journal of inexplicable events that I've witnessed in the house. I just started keeping it last year. Now, there there are some parts where you get <laughs> where you got stuff happening every few days. And I don't put everything in there. Like, I, I, like a couple of times, I'll turn on the TV and I'll sit down, and a few minutes later, my TV turns itself off, and it's like, come on, I'm watching that. I turn it back on, and then it's fine. You know, it's I sometimes I'll do it about three, four times in a row. I thought maybe the TV's a little funky or something, but it just does it every now and again. Like, so turn the TV off, um, just after a few minutes or about an hour into me watching TV. Um, so sometimes I write that, but I don't write everything down. But um, Having lived here for the now, this being my fourth winter, um, witnessed everything from, yeah, I mean, huge footsteps upstairs to, you know, things getting tossed around to, yeah, little things like um, lights flickering or turning on and off on their own, like the ones that are emotion sensors or a door slamming or somebody talking. But it can happen as frequently as every five minutes or as infrequently as every three to four weeks. So there's no, uh, there's no set schedule of when it happens. I, uh, if anyone wants to come over and they're, they're hoping to like, like my friends will come over and we'll have a few drinks or something. And they're hoping to have something happen to them. I'm like, guys, this isn't, you know, Beetlejuice where they're going to do parlor tricks and make you, you know, start seeing Harry Belafonte. You know, it's, it's, you're not going to have some, you're probably not going to have something happen. Now, I do have a few friends that did have something happen. Uh, my buddy Sean Coltiska had not quite a few things happen, but he spent, he spent a lot of time here, more than most people. So he's, and he's, he's crashed over when he's been too drunk to drive back. Hey, Yvonne, and says, hey leave your truck, man, in the bar. Let's just hop in. Spend the night out and get you back to your truck in the morning. So, um, so he's he's crashed over here, you know, a little bit more often than most of my friends. And, um, uh, my buddy CJ, she's crashed over. Interestingly, she woke up screaming one night in the middle of the night. That scared the living daylights out of me. I don't. She still doesn't talk about that. So I I don't know. They like to call the Franklin Castle the most haunted house in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And. When they and, and it, it even appears as it even says that on the back of the book that that, I, that John and I wrote it, it even says oh the most haunted house in Ohio that's because I didn't give it that name that's just what other people have called it sort of like oh, like we should put that on there I'm like okay let's put that on there what scale are they using I mean I, is it like a, yeah have you ever seen a Dead Poet Society meter oh, yeah. versus rhyme it doesn't start on the board it's like okay so it hasn't been meter but not such a very good rhyme it's down here so i'm like okay so is it like intensity of activity versus frequency of activity it's over here somewhere it's way up on the i don't know what scale they're using to call something the most haunted um i was asked to write an article uh, that was the most haunted places in Ohio. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can actually do that. I can I can tell you what the most interesting haunted places in Ohio are because I don't know what scale you're planning on using, wanting me to use at least. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> to tell you which one is the most haunted, I don't know. <laughs> so, so, sure. do you, so do you just think that this is um, just like the you know the original people that built the house and lived there, just doing stuff in the house or letting you know? You, you know what? There? That's that is one theory. Um, that is one theory uh, that it might be the original owners. Um, or their relatives or their family. Um, looking at the house historically, there have been, to the best of my knowledge, four people have died in this house. The original owner, uh, Thomas Tiedemann, his wife passed away here in 1895. Interestingly, she died in her bed in what is now my bedroom. So I sleep in that room. Um, <laughs> the room that yeah yeah I know yeah I guess where I'm no mostly I sleep on the couch I'm not lying actually I do I fall asleep on not not because I don't like the room the room is really nice it's just my mattress is not the very most comfortable mattress on earth sure um, well, it's not I got a jo- I got a joke about it but it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well no no it's a different bed no I no I bought this bed in the antique it looks old but I bought it, and it is old but I bought I bought the bed in the antique store in Kirtland a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> No, oh, I just, Kurt, I, I'm, I'm one of those Kurtland, guys who, yeah. Is it Kirtland? Kirtland. Site yeah. Some crazy stuff, too. Isn't that where there the, was some Is it Kirtland where the, uh, where, like, they found the people in the barn? In the, in, that was, the, yeah, that was the Dennis Avery. That was, unfortunately, yeah, that was the, yeah, the Dennis Avery family. Um, oh, yeah, there was boy. a, uh, the Lundgren cult was, um, uh, out there. Um, obviously, if you don't want to be going through that, there there were the Mormons uh, uh, first arrived in Ohio and they built their their first oh, temple in Ohio there before yeah before pressing on to uh, ultimately Salt Lake City, Utah. So mm. um, the temple still stands and there's a little burial ground over there and uh, the little Mormon village is down at the bottom of the hill. So it's it's nice. I uh, I didn't really get a chance to check it out when I was going through the last time, but um, that, that looks really cool. And I'd say it's worth checking out. I, I still hmm. have every intention of doing so. Um, but yeah, there was yeah. So there was an antique store out there, so I did pick up this really cool um, East Lake uh, style um, uh, bed. So that's one of the deaths. The other the other three deaths, though, that no one ever really talks about, is 1903. The 13 year old son of the second owner, uh, Albert Mulhauser, he passed away here in the house. It's only 13, um, so a little boy died here. And then in the 1940s, a caretaker of the uh, German singing society that owned the house, um, he passed away here, uh, Mr. Enns. And then in the mid-1960s, the last caretaker, uh, Mr. Victor, passed away here as well. But the, the hauntings predate a lot of that. So if we go off of the 1915 to 1921 stories, um that predates the two caretakers of the uh, uh, club. Now, there well, was a house here prior to this, though. This is the second house on the site. Hmm. So oh, where we talk did... about, yeah, oh, yeah, we talk, when we talk about the daughter of the original owner, mm-hmm. as who they believe to be the girl in white who haunts the house, she did not die inside the Franklin Castle. She died in the house that used to stand here. It was a two-story wooden home that the first owners who the Tiedemans bought it off of had called Bachelor's Hall. That was the name of that house. Uh, or they refer to it in the letter as we are now keeping Bachelor's Hall. 
Uh, they probably didn't have a name. That's just what they referred to it as. And that was a general term that was used in the 1850s and 60s as the place where the boys lived. And there were four brothers from Canada that built that house. The oldest was in his early 20s. The youngest was about 15. Um, so that's an incredible story in itself. And that does appear as a chapter in the book. Um, because like the youngest of the brothers was like the Forrest Gump of Canada. I mean, I'm, I'm not even joking. I mean, this guy was like <laughs> friends with Edison and Alexander Graham Bell and founded two colleges and is the father of modern day meteorology, uh, lived next door. Oh, he met with Lincoln and helped avert the, uh, uh, the war with Great Britain in the United States during the Trent affair. And his, um, uh, roommate was John Wilkes Booth. I'm not making this up. This is wow. true. Okay. I am, so, I am not, guys, I am not making that up. And you, I mean, haven't, that is, written, and you haven't written that It's book? in the book. That's but in the book. Ever, it's in the book on the castle. I can't can wait to be, read this book. Well, it's like, how can yeah. that just be a chapter? Shouldn't that be like a whole book? Yeah, That's yeah, a whole know, book well, it within is, it itself. Is, <laughs> believe it, 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 is, it is a book, actually, by itself, uh, called uh, Four Went to the Civil War, and it's a fictionalized version of it, um, written by a woman named Lo, uh, Lois Starrock, only she changed the family last name from Wolverton to Harding, but the original family letters appear in there, and I did double-check. And according to newspaper articles from when Mr. Wolverton was still alive, these were things that were claimed and then reinforced by other people, so it was true. Uh, he really did meet with Lincoln when he was 16 years old. He was sent by these, all these other Canadians because they looked like the United States and, Can and Great Britain were going to go to war with each other over something called the Trent Affair. Um, if you don't know it, just you know, look it up in your own time. But that would have been um, war with Canada, which these thousands of Canadians had signed up with the Union Army. That would have been a war with Canada, and that's something they didn't agree to. So they sent 16-year-old, 15 or 16 years old, uh, Silas Newton Wolverton, he went by Newton, uh, to meet with President Lincoln. Back then, you could just wait in line, and then the president would see you in time if he had time that day. And he did. He had him in. He said, Mr. Wolverton, go back to your boys. Tell them as long as Abraham Lincoln is president of the United States, the United States will not go to war with Great Britain. And he did. He was, he was true to his word. He stuck to it. So when Lincoln was assassinated, they had sent for uh, Newton Wolverton to meet that meet the U U.S. Army at the border to help identify who they thought might be the president's assassin, John Wilkes Booth, because they thought he was heading to Canada. The reason they figured he could identify him is because they were their housemates. They lived in the same house uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, while Newton was working at the quartermaster's uh, office. Um, so when he arrived at the border, though, that's when he got the word that that Booth was killed already. So he was dead. So he just went home. But yeah, but he, yeah, the guy. I mean, really, I'm talking like this guy is really the Forrest Gump that's of Kansas. And he is just one part of the story of that book. So if you get a chance, uh, the book Four Went to the Civil War by Lois Dark. It's a great book. It really is. So I'm harder to find now. I think it might be on a print, but hey, you might find a copy online. So, um. So the, the, the book on the castle really does cover everything from the history of the house to the all the way to the hauntings, uh, all the way up to its colorful history of the last few owners, um, to the current owners today. Uh, did you guys uh, you guys see the movie Judy? Has uh, um, Renee Zellweger playing uh, playing uh, uh, Judy Garland? Just came out last no. year. No, you guys seen that? No, I didn't okay. get a chance to see that. 
Okay, she wins Best Actress for that at the Academy Awards. So it's a great movie, um, but it's about her last uh, year or so and how she's getting performances in London. And one of the people that she meets in the story is who would become her last husband, the man who would ultimately find her uh, a few months later, deceased in the bathroom, and that's a man named Mickey Deans. And he's well represented in the story as a main character, obviously, because he becomes her husband. Mm -hmm. uh, his real name is Michael Davinko, and believe it or not, he also owned the Franklin Castle. From about 1985 until 1999, Michael Davinko, a.k.a. Mickey Deans, who is a character, is, well, he's a real person, obviously. He was Judy Garland's last husband, but he's also appears as well represented as the character in that movie, Judy. He owned the house for the better part of 14 years. If you look really closely on one of the two door knockers on the front door of the castle, it's very well faded, but you can still, still see etched in the brass door knocker, it says Davinko on it. So, hmm. wow, cool. yeah, that's incredible. Get a little further history there. So, yeah, yeah. so there, there are all these stories are in are in the books. So, um, and of course, all the ghost stories. We're not going to write a book about Franklin Castle and not put ghost stories in there. So, some people are like, oh well, you know, you debunked all the great ghost stories about it. And I keep thinking. Oh, I think that the real stuff is a lot better, you know? Mm. I mean, there are stories of vaporous mists that appear in parts of the house, a girl in white, a woman in black, having been seen. There was a story in the early 1980s where some girl visited the house with her family, and they had to bring her back here with some priest or something because she had said she'd seen an old woman walk into her while she was here. So... A lot of people, and uh, you, 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 get, you get the most ridiculous messages sometimes. Um, I, I, if I didn't have to like do book signings and I didn't do to promote my own, you know, my books, my work, and give lectures and talks, like which I hope are going to be regarded as something serious, you know, it's like, hey, I'm giving a talk on <clears throat> the history of this place or that place. And then, then you get, you get these people that are like, well, wait, I, I know that I know the house is possessed by demons and my, my mother lived uh, three blocks away and she used to look up in the window and she saw a skeleton walking back and forth. And I know there's something evil there. It's like, Oh, for God's sake, come <laughs> on. I have to put my, I have to put my contact information online on my website so that people can contact me for bookings. Right. Not so that you can send me messages or phone calls <laughs> in the middle of the night to tell me your ghost. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I really love to hear. Sometimes I, I, I really, if I'm, I, I'm really down for hearing your ghost story, um, especially if it has something, you know, relevant to what I've been researching or a place I've written about. Hey, that's really cool. Um, don't corner me at a bar and tell me that I should write a book about your house over on West 78th Street where you saw your grandma's ghost standing at the foot of your bed two days after she died. I'm intrigued. <laughs> That's cool. It's not quite a book. I don't know if there's a big audience for that. Because I'm like, well, what else happened there? Oh, well, that's it. You should write a book about it. No, I don't think I should. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, I'm, I, I do like hearing your occasional ghost story, but um, just, yeah, especially I'm there and, 
I'm flirting it up with some girl or something. Yeah, I'm not really the same ah. kind of man, you know. It's great. Um, but yeah, but don't then you cram, get messages and you get phone calls in the middle of the night, and it's like, it's like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, I should tell you about this place, or you should check. And it's like, oh, that's cool. All right, that's great. But yeah, um, most recently um, was Ghost Adventures. The TV, show, show. the TV show. Yeah, the, the TV, TV show. series. Right. Now, I had, um, I had uh, in all, in all uh, honesty, I'd never seen the show. Um, I really hadn't. Um, I'd, heard, I'd heard pretty cool things about it. Um, some of my cousins said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, my, uh, my wife watches it. And they're like, oh, my friends watch it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. It's a repeatable show, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and as you know, they did a episode here at castle recently um yeah I, I gotta say for my own part i wasn't exactly thrilled with the way that it was edited um for a couple of things that they included um there is one part of that now i wasn't here when they did the investigation so i can't speak to anything that they saw or recorded or anything like that i was just here for an interview part um and spent the night on my couch and i went back to the island um, there, uh, and I've, I've since since it aired, I've heard this from a lot of other people that well, it's the nature of the beast is they like to edit things around. Usually for content, that makes perfect sense. You can't you can't give a forty five minute interview and then expect it to you know appear in its entirety, obviously in a one hour program. Um, but to Twist it around a little bit to suit a narrative it is a little. Mm, shady. It's a little lowbrow. Yeah, yeah it's shady. I'd say yeah, yeah, yeah best. <laughs> um, so I didn't. Okay, a few a few things that I, if you've seen the episode, um, a few things that I would never say um, is there's a part where we're talking about where there's a quote-unquote curse on the Tiedemann family, and then I say that the curse on the Tiedemann family is... I didn't actually say that because there is no curse on the Tiedemann family, but what I did say was that stuff about the lady who created the story back in 1980. There was someone here who claimed that the ghost of Hans Tiedemann was visiting her and telling her this and telling her that. Okay, she also claimed that she was a girl on the Sunbeam bread packages, okay, which you do a little <laughs> research, you find out that, yeah, yeah, she's a little Miss Sunbeam. You find out that that's the owner of the company's daughter, okay, so she claimed that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so when they asked, like, well, how did she know? And in the show, I say, well, she's a medium. I would never say that, ever, because that's, that's a little that's a little too definite and I'm not that definite to say that someone's a medium. What I had actually said was she claimed that she was a medium. So they cut out the part about me saying she claimed that and that got cut. Um, there is the one part that, okay, you know, that, that's, that's small. That, I don't really give a damn about that sort of thing, but that's, that's small editing. What I was upset about was, and you'll recall, there's a part of that interview where they bring up, a suicide. You don't really report on something like that unless it's absolutely, you know, relevant to the story. Now, I do talk about it in the book on the Franklin Castle. The grandson, who, interestingly, in the TV series, 
they make out to be uh, Ghost Adventures. They made out to be the son of the guy who built the house. It wasn't. It was the grandson, someone who never lived in this house, someone and who took his life uh, more than thirty years after the family moved out of this house. So this is someone that really has nothing to do with the story. The reason I put this person and this event into the book is because it's relevant later on because John and I, while doing the research, we tracked down his son who was very forthcoming with a lot of family information was really happy that we were able to share his story with him. Um, but also because a lot of people while doing the research on the Franklin castle, one of the first places they go to is Riverside cemetery where the Tiedemann family who built the house is buried and they see Mr. and Mrs. Tiedemann, their children, and then they see two grandsons buried there also who died within about five years of each other. And they were quite young. They were only in their thirties and forties when they died. So a lot of people have questions about that. So we saw it relevant to put it in there and so did. And the person I'm talking about, his name was Carl Tiedemann senior. So his uh, son saw it relevant as well and said, yeah, that's, that's relevant. Put it in. Um, what they did was on the show, I started getting asked about this curse on the house and I said, well, there is no curse on the house. I, I don't know where you're getting that. And they're like, well, don't people just buy it and leave? And I'm like, well, not everybody. I mean, there was a sing German singing society that had, had the house for 45 years. Uh, Mr. Davinko had the house for about 15, uh, 14 or 15 years. Because he was implying that the current owners would probably just leave in a few. And I'm like, well, they've had it for nine, which is a pretty good record also. Um, and then he's like, well, what about the curse on the Tiedemann family? And so there is no curse on the Tiedemann family. And that's, I think that's what got edited uh, to make it sound like the curse on the Tiedemann family uh, part. Um, so he's like, well, aren't they all dead? Well, yeah, they lived well over a hundred years ago, so yes, they are all dead. <laughs> and then said, "Well, no, didn't they all die?" And I said, "Well, yeah, there is the fact that when Mr. Tiedemann passed away, there were about four or five family deaths within the next couple of months. It's just a run of bad luck." He's like, "Well, didn't one of them jump off a bridge and commit suicide?" And I laid it out very plainly. I said, "That was Mr. Tiedemann's grandson. That happened. That the man that, that this happened to, he did not live in this house." That happened over 30 years after the family left. And I'm friends with his son, or I was. His son died, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. Uh, he was uh, about a month shy of his 90th birthday when he died. Um, and I said, please do not sensationalize upon a family tragedy like that. He was like, well, yeah, but, but he jumped off a bridge. I'm like, okay, I'll give you this also. You'll see this in the book as well. Uh, a couple days after the initial report was uh, published in the Plain Dealer and the Cleveland Press. Uh, one of Carl Tiedemann's uh, business associates, a man named Bruno Yule, came forward and said that he believed that it was an accident and that it was not a suicide, that it was an accidental fall. He said that Mr. Tiedemann, uh, while he had been kind of going through some stuff, not, not, not bad, but he was a little bit of a nervous wreck lately. That's because of some weird investment, which somebody else wrote a book about, um, uh, with a man named Esmus Boysen. Um, 
basically invested in a power company, which had failed, but he was still pretty well to do. And it was right after the stock market crash. That's true. Um, but he, and this company was being reorganized, but he was still going to be the president of the new company. And he was not losing any money or anything, anytime fast. Um, he suggested that the man had just been involved in an automobile accident. He had talked to the guy he'd run into, gave his card, said, see me in my office. I'll take care of everything. Don't worry about it. Walked over to his car, put his hat down on his car, and leaned over on the railing. They looked over, and the man was gone. And that's when they found him down below. He thinks that he was disoriented from the car accident and that he fell over the railing. He suggested that. So that got all cut up into what sounded like me saying that I believed that that's what happened. And that's not, if, if you were to look at the entire unedited interview, you would see me actually saying that it came from a newspaper article and that it was his friend Bruno Ewell who had suggested this. So then on the show, they suggest that maybe there is something inside this house that is using me to tell its story. Oh, boy. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. So they put that on the show. So that weekend, I cannot tell you how many messages, how many phone calls and messages on my phone I got from people asking if I were possessed by something in the house and that I should see a priest. People saying there is something evil here and it's got its hold on me and, you know, you should really go, you should go to church and you should pray. You've got to say the Hail Mary three times and the Our Father three times and the glory be, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and everybody, oh my goodness, breathing down my neck, throwing this at me, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, I'm like, I had seen the episode, not not when it aired, but I saw it the following night, and I did see the preview, and it just really just, it really started hitting the fan there, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, now there are some things that you can do, but I don't think you can legally insinuate that somebody is possessed. No, I don't think you can something. legally do that. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can do that because now it's it's not it's not hitting my, my financial interests. I'm not losing I'm not losing book signings because of that. I'm losing book signings right now because I'm not, you know we we can't go anywhere. We can't have mass gatherings for the time being. This is it's understandable, but hey, although you might, although you might, um, might be able to play it up and say, "Hey, look, I'm possessed. Have me, you know, have yeah, have me come and talk to your group. Let, let me talk to your historical society because <laughs> I'm possessed by some. Oh, for crying out loud! Yeah, you can't. So, um, I mean, I'm not exactly happy about that, but I'm what I'm what I'm really most upset about is that. Um, they really sensationalized on my friend's dad's death back in 1929, and they changed it around, and they did this to suit their narrative of a quote-unquote curse on the Tiedemann family. Uh, I did some double-checking and triple-checking just after this aired, just to, just to make sure, and no book... Magazine, blog, newspaper article, or anywhere else on the internet, does it say anything? Does it ever use the word curse anywhere? He created it. Mm. So 
it's you know it's I, what I really have to say about the house is this: it's it's a beautiful home. Oh, so rich in history. It's been through so many things, so many changes over the years. It's been used for this, used for that. It's more than your simple, quote-unquote, haunted house. Um, in 2011, the current owners, uh, Odeer Productions, um, they purchased the house, and really it was not looking good at that time for the house. Uh, it was condemned, and who knows how, long, how much longer it's going to be able to sit here without facing a wrecking ball. They honestly, they saved it. So it took a couple of years. They got their permits. They went through. Uh, they got a new architect on the project and everything, and they really started say, working on this house. The construction company that they hired started doing some amazing works in this house. Uh, they've got great ideas for it, for the restoration, and it's nearing completion from what I'm able to see every day that they're working, and they really did. They saved it. Um, they, they they saved a great Cleveland landmark from the wrecking ball, and my kudos go to them. Not just because they're they're my landlords, but because I I see the work that they do in here, and it's it's fantastic. Um, within the last uh, year and a half, they took over curation of the uh, Norton Records collection, so they've got they've gotten very involved with them as well. So. Um, yeah, it's just it, it, really it's and they're they're trying to play up a little bit more than the ghost stories and a little bit more than the haunted house. It's it's, it's an old historic home. Uh, the architects were Frank Cadell and John Richardson, who were more noted for churches and their church, some of their churches are still standing. And I think this might be the only private residence that they built that might still be standing. I'm not sure. I have to double check that, but um, but it, it, it may very well be. These were very prolific nineteenth uh, century architects. Mm. And just, just, just maybe the uh, the spirit or spirits that uh, are so active are uh, are just showing their appreciation for uh, somebody coming in and saving the place and keeping it uh, keeping their home. Uh, yeah, I like I like to think that. I like to think that they maybe they like the way it looks. I mean. It's not historic. It's not everything isn't historically accurate. It's not all bad because I mean, in 1921 there were like walls knocked out and this was changed and that was changed and there are things that you just really can't practically put back. Um, like the dumb waiter is gone. Like the city won't let them put a dumb waiter back in because when the house was hit by uh, arsonist in 1999, that fire traveled right up that dumb waiter shaft and burned down every floor. Um, oh so you can't have that. Yeah, so that that's gone. Uh, between the uh, um, top floor and the floor below it, there's a where the stairwell is. There's a fire break now. It used to go all the way to the fourth floor, but now there's a ceiling and a wall in the stairwell and a door to get to the top floor. Uh, city made them do that because that's to prevent fire. It's to keep it contained from floor to floor instead of burning straight all the way up and completely destroying the top floor and then burning the roof out. And, and you got a house that's got no roof on it like it did in 1999. That was, um, I think the insurance covered putting the new roof on. Mm. So, uh, they were able to put a few of the original architectural features back. I mean, how the house got hit by a tornado in 1953 did significant damage. So, and when they redid the roof in 2000, they they put a lot of that back. So, so it tr truly is a blessing that the thing's still standing in. I mean... It is. It, I mean, 
you you look at you look at some places that you know they've had a fire and it's like oh done you tear it down or oh hit by a tornado yeah it's gone or it was treated like hell and boarded up for a number of years and then they would just come in and knock it down. Um, but Cleveland loves this house. I mean they really do. Uh, and well, so do the owners and well, so do I. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's definitely a fascinating-looking place, that's for sure. It really is. Yeah. Well, well, William, Bill, uh, yep. it's been a great, great, uh, great time here listening to uh, to the history of the house and hearing about your books and stuff. And I want to give you a chance to uh, let everybody know where they can, uh, number one, find all your books. Number two, oh, okay. um, not, you know, check you out. So, you know, whatever other things you've got <laughs> going on where they could see you, uh, where they can okay. visit you and put, put in Bay and stuff like that. And yeah. Tell them, absolutely. And, remind, and remind them not to call you up then in the middle of the night. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't call me in the middle of the night. Well, let's see. You can find, you can find, uh, find my books in, um, well, all, uh, all major bookstores in the area, uh, you can find it, of course, uh, Books a Million and Barnes and Noble, but of course, a lot of the smaller sellers. And if you can't find them there, you're going to find them in dumpsters, garage sales, and secondhand ah. stores. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, where can you find me? You can find me at the bar um, once this is all lifted. <laughs> McNamara's, McGinty's, or Kearney's, usually. Unless it's put in bed, then you're going to find me at Topsy Turvy or Joe's or the real or uh, the uh, real bar or. Or even I don't know the Redmond Saloon. No, um, I'll be once this is all, all this craziness is over with, and we can go back to a little bit of normality. Um, let's see. Unfortunately, I think all my book signings have been canceled. Uh, I was supposed to appear at a couple events in April. One at the Lima Public Library. I know that's a bit of a haul from Cleveland, but if you guys were out that way, I was gonna be out there. But I think that one might be scrubbed for now. And then on April 20th, there was also the Books and Cooks out in uh, Madison, which I haven't received notice yet, but I might be out there as well. Otherwise, um, if we can leave the house again, and I've never actually been on house arrest, but I imagine this is probably what it's going to feel like. Um, <laughs> you'll find me at the Putin Bay. Uh, you can, well, okay, I got my regular job as a ranger at the monument, um, if we open in time and all that goes. Um, and they do carry the book, uh, Hunt of Putin Bay. They do carry that there as well as a couple other places. The, uh, they got it at the, uh, butterfly house and the country house and the carriage houses are other places. But then, uh, uh, Victoria and I, um, if she can come back into the United States, um, in a timely, she's in Russia. She's, uh, she's got dual citizenship. She's originally from Russia. Um, so as she would say, if I can get back into the United States, then maybe I, I make it there in time. So, um, but yeah, she gets back. Uh, we'll be starting the uh, ghost walk uh, the Friday right before Memorial Day weekend at 7.30, and we start the boardwalk. And we're going to be doing that Friday evenings and Tuesday evenings at 7.30. Um, yeah, right over at the boardwalk in downtown Putnam Bay. Um, so people just come. we're going to do that all the way through, through Labor Day or through the end of September, we'll do it. So, so people just show up there at 7.30 and... And, yeah, show up. Uh, yeah, we tell we tell people show up between about seven and seven twenty. About seven fifteen, seven twenty starts showing up. Uh, it's fifteen dollars for adults. Children twelve and under are free, but they need to be accompanied by an adult. Um, 
and uh, yeah, we step off, and it's about an hour and a half long, hour and fifteen, an hour, hour and twenty minutes. It's gone as long, as late as an hour and a half, so it does. And about nine o'clock, um, so it's 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 a really it's a family friendly thing too. So you can bring the kids, and it's not going to be too scary um, because it's usually still about daylight while we're doing it. Um, it's not it's not too gruesome, so the idea is that it, that it's a family friendly thing, but it's very informative and it's fun, and we got a few jokes along the way, so we'll keep you entertained. Um, yeah, you'll find us uh, hopefully all summer long doing that, unless uh, unless this goes on longer than they say it's going to. We'll see what happens. So. <laughs> well, hopefully we uh, hopefully everybody can get back in the swing of things in in the summertime here. Uh, if not yeah, sooner. Uh, if not yeah, sooner. I'm hoping for May. That's uh, yeah, you know they see uh, spring's right around the corner. The crocuses are coming up. Let's just hope that this uh, let's hope this damn blade upon our land just goes away and we can all just return to normality and yeah, get this economy started again. Yeah, well, hey, well, we'll... some of my friends that are out of out of work right now and musicians and bartenders and bar owners and it's like oh terrible servers yikes well we'll see what the future holds for us though you know well in the meantime uh you know let's support uh support local uh, businessmen such as yourself and go buy let's Mm -hmm. go buy some books by william uh, krejci and that's k-r-e-j-c-i Okay, it's that's how it's spelled. So I found all your books on Amazon because that's I'm too late. <laughs> I'm too lazy it. to go look for anyone else. <laughs> you, you'll but, find uh, it. You'll find them on Amazon. You know what you can also do is you can go to my website, uh, WilliamGCrecci.com, just like it appears on the books, and there are links on there on the uh, published works page, and that will also take you to if you want to order from uh, Amazon or whatnot online. That's got every book. So it's got all the ones through uh, uh, history press, as well as the three uh, nonfiction published, or the three mystery novels, rather, um, that I self-published. So those are also on there. I just apologize ahead of time for the typos, because I didn't have a very good editor for my first book. But, eh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, that's okay. So, that's, yeah, that's all right. Get those there. So. But that'd be, that would be great. I mean, hey, that's one way to support uh, local artists especially is uh go buy their go buy their stuff and i mean what better thing to do while you're stuck in the house than read yeah if you're doing if you're you're doing social distancing yeah get a book and then hey when this is all over and you don't got to worry about getting the black plague for me i'll be more than happy to sign it for you too Ah. (laughs) considering i lived through this let's see i don't know i'm in some person i don't know i got early stage emphysema let's uh let's let that get through so, yeah. so buy so buy books, listen to podcasts. That's what you need to do while you're uh, while you're practicing your social distancing. So, so absolutely, but, uh, yeah. But hey, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us tonight, and we're looking forward to uh, checking out the new book coming. And would you say Memorial Day of 2021? Memorial, Memorial Day weekend of 2021. That'll be lost, put in bay. There, is, there are going to be so many things in there that are. You're going to find out about caves on the island that are not open. That the rail that there used to be a railroad on that island. On an island, there was a railroad. Oh yeah! Wow! Okay. Yeah, this uh, is going exci- to be fascinating. Uh, I'm excited to, to uh, check fact, that out. There, from... you're, you're even going to find out about two lost graveyards, lost and found, 
that there are two cemeteries on that island that are also revealed. And, of course, the ghost story I told you earlier. And a history of that island that has been overlooked for the better part of 150 years. Names of people and what happened to them. Oh, it's going to be a great one. So, uh, we're excited. We're, we're excited. So, all right, William. Well, uh, hopefully uh, your uh, roommates there at the uh, Franklin Castle let you uh, get some sleep tonight. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I'm, I'm probably going to go back to watching Stranger Things or something like. That. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. I just rented the I rented Pet Cemetery, so maybe we'll maybe I'll watch that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! I a few movies just in case I got to hunker down or something for a few days here. So yeah, there is still a video rental place in Cleveland. I know Family Video. Yeah, who'd have thought? Oh boy! Yeah, most uh, of those have closed yeah. now. Yeah. I well, know. I'm, I'm so glad this place is still going strong. I love it. Good, good. Well, we good. got we we have one of those besides. I used to mm-hmm. I used to manage it way back in the day. So. Oh geez, oh that's great! Oh, no, I love it because <laughs> you, you, I don't want to stream everything, and um, you know, I, I, not everything is on Netflix, you know. So it's like right. huh, I want to go, you know, rent Harry Potter. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go to the video store. I don't want to go buy it, you know. Yeah, guys, thank you for thank you so much for having me on. I, I've I've really enjoyed this. So, well, thank uh, you. Hey, it's Lord. been a pleasure. It's been a wonderful, wonderful story. This is great. Yep. So uh, thank you. All right. It. All right. Well, all right, you guys, you, you have... go ahead. Uh, I was going to say thank you guys again, and I was going to wish you guys a happy and a, a good evening and a. Happy and healthy uh, next to you, uh, however long this lasts. <laughs> Same to you. As uh, the time yes. gets closer for uh, this new book to come out, uh, we'd like to have you on again and uh, kind of let our guests know, let our let our fans know. Say, hey, it's coming. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. I'd love that. And, and I would love to tell you about also, I'd love to tell you about the book that just came out back in September, Core Orphanage, stories like that. There are, uh, there are things in there that are so widely overlooked. And uh, uh, maybe I'll even have a few new things for you. Uh, a couple projects I'm looking at right now, but one big one in particular. And if that happens, more than happy to come out and tell you about it. Absolutely. Right, Outstanding. Sounds like All a right, deal. Good. All right. We'll talk <laughs> so, soon then, okay? All right. All right. All right. Have a good Take one. Take care. All right, you guys. Yep. Yep. Thank mm-hmm. you. You too. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, a final word. Please visit us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash from the shadows podcast and on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash from the shadows podcast. You can visit our webpage at from the shadows podcast dot or Contribute to our Facebook discussion page called After the Shadows. And tweet us on our Twitter feed at twitter.com forward slash podcast underscore from. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you all. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. Ha 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 ha.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.